Manimal here. It's Wednesday, December 27th, and today on Texas Rangers with the boys, we say goodbye to a Ranger that helped us win a World Series. We've also got some more around the league news. We're going to talk about right field. We're going to talk about a couple of signings the Rangers made yesterday, and we've got that number three moment in our top 15 2023 Texas Rangers top 15 moments. So join us today, Texas Rangers with the boys. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hey, this is Mitch Garber. You're listening to Texas Rangers with the boys. Hey, thanks, buddy. Welcome back to Texas Rangers with the boys. We are the boys, your daily Texas Rangers podcast by a couple of pro wrestlers who love Rangers baseball. And hey, we want to thank you for making us the first listen of your day. This is your boy, Kev, a.k.a. YBK. Before I tell you where to find me on social media, I should inform you that you're 2023 Texas Rangers are the World Series champions. Never gets old. Check me out on social media. You know you can find me at Kevin Lee Frazier. That is F-R-A-Z-I-E-R. You can also find Texas Rangers with the boys on social media at TX Rangers WTV. Don't forget to check out our website, TexasRangersWithTheBoys.com. Oh, one word. Yes, sir. And joining me from... I think Dallas, Texas today, the 300-pound animal, a.k.a. Bull. How you doing, buddy? And where can they find you on socials? Well, first, they can, yeah, I'm, I'm up here in far north Dallas, uh, up here at that 635-75 split. The missus and I are up here doing some medical procedures on her part, and uh, we'll be up here three of the next four weeks and a good possibility of uh, six of the next eight weeks uh, for, for treatment. And uh, we're going to see if uh, we can find something that helps her predicament. But uh, um, this isn't a story about the sad situation of my wife. This is a story about, or this is a show about the uh, Texas Rangers. So we won't, I won't get too far down that rabbit hole. If you want to know more about my wife, you can, uh, you can ask me on X or Twitter, Manimal Bull Instagram, Manimal 300, and both Facebook and TikTok at Bull Pro. So whatever your favorite line platform of social media is, get on there and ask me about my wife instead of uh, we'll talk about it on the uh, the uh, show. Well, just to let you know that we are sending up prayers, and I know all of our audience uh, is doing the same. And there's another really exciting thing going on this morning that I forgot to mention this morning. I forgot to mention, uh, guys, guys, we got we the return of Morning Bull is here. We are in full effect. We are in the throes of Morning like Bull. Can, yeah, it's all it's all great. Yeah, it's it's Morning Bull, and it's been a Morning Bull already. But uh, a lot of around the news. I mean, not a lot, but some pretty significant around the news or around the league news. I guess significance a. Uh, when there's nothing going on, anything is, is something, um, yeah. I guess kick well, it off. One guy, like, I guess we could, we could spend some time on a couple of these guys that got uh, signed sure. elsewhere. 
Yeah. Well, one is one is definitely relevant to the Rangers. Um, Maybe even two. And one is well. Yeah, and one is relevant to the American League West. Um, but let's go with the one least relevant to the Rangers. Kevin Kiermeyer uh, signs another one-year deal with Toronto. Yeah, he is going to go back to the uh, Blue Jays, and um, you know uh, it, it's a good fit for both of them. It's a huge, uh, it's a huge yard up there in Toronto. So Kevin Kiermeyer fits up there playing center field for him. He's still a Gold Glove caliber center fielder, and uh, you know, I mean, yeah, I, one year deal. You know, you know what we always say about one year deals. I mean, it can't it can't hurt. And if something for mm-hmm. unforeseen happens with the Blue Jays, they could always get rid of that deal. And uh, you know, so I think it's good for both of them. It gets Kiermaier another year in the league, and it gets uh, the Blue Jays the piece they need out in the center field. Yeah, and he made some plays against the Rangers. I mean, <laughs> if I remember correctly, he made a couple big-time plays. He's, um, made, he's made some plays against probably every team in the big leagues at some point <laughs> in his career. Yeah, he's definitely he definitely somebody that if you got a series against Toronto, you know that you're going to see at least one one play from him out there at center field. So the, other, the next guy um, was kind of a thorn in the side of the Rangers, kind of happy to see him go. Didn't have a high batting average. Didn't hit a lot of home runs. It seems like though every every home run that he hit or every hit that he got seemed to come against Texas, and that's our uh, our 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 buddy Maldonado. Um, good Martin Maldonado. I, yeah, I, I mean, he was he was a Socha guy coming up. Uh, moved over to the uh, Astros was playing basically for defense, and I think he was a bottom of the league defender, so it was, didn't make any sense. Um, the, the Astros are, you know, they've got that young guy, uh, I want to say his name is Diaz, maybe. Uh, guy near Diaz, I think. Yeah, the, I, I believe that's right, that uh, he should be their starting catcher this year, and, you know, they've got another young guy at AAA that probably should get a chance to back him up. Uh, you know how we talk about the Astros. They've got they're they're deep in places. Um, I don't know. I don't know exactly what uh, what Houston's plans were with uh, Maldonado, but I couldn't imagine that it was bringing him back. Um, mm. So yeah, it, it makes it makes sense that it makes sense that he's gone and that they didn't re up him. And it definitely makes sense without uh, without uh, what's his face. Uh, um, Baker. Uh, Baker. Yeah, without Dusty Baker there, that 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 makes more sense. That they would go with Yiner Diaz. Um, and I think they did what a couple of weeks ago. Remember, they signed Victor Caratini. So mm-hmm. they've got some. And Cesar Cesar Salazar was the guy that I was trying to think of. That he's kind of an older guy that's in AAA that you could see getting some time too. So you know, we'll see what they do with it, but. Uh, um, you know the Astros are going to be fine in their catching situation, and the White Sox—they've, you know, they've got that kid Corey Lee. That uh, not to be confused with former Ranger first-round draft pick that threw one inning in the mm-hmm. big leagues. Corey Lee, uh, Corey Lee for the catcher for the White Sox. I would say that it's his job to lose to Maldonado. I would say that uh, Maldonado is being brought there to be probably a, a guiding hand more than a, a starting catcher yeah and spell him if he needs it also think the astros are happy to get rid of somebody that's just there's just uh another ignite ignition for a uh, 
Abdallah Garcia, who we'll talk about a little bit later. You know, he he all he did was get Adolis Garcia fired up. So better to get him out of town and uh, and and not give Adolis Garcia any more points of reference for motivation. Well, um, for some reason, I don't know. I mean, I feel like Mar- Martin Maldonado had like 60 hits last year and like 35 of them were against the Rangers. So I agree. You know, get out of here. Get out of here. I mean, you know, I, he's been a he's been a big part of what they've done for the last several years. But there's a certain time where you got to move on from guys. And, and that's what the uh, mm-hmm. Astros are doing. And we're going to talk about a certain guy that the Rangers moved on from. Yeah, this one, I think this one hurts a little bit just because it's still a need that the Rangers have. Uh, I really like the contract. I thought I, I saw the contract and I thought, man, I would have I'd have took that in a heartbeat. But I will also say that we have talked at length on Down on the Farm with the boys. And we talked at length about it on our last episode that at some point you got to let these major league ready um, players, you know, play. And what better spot for that uh, than DH and the Rangers already have Sam Huff, who we need to see what we have in him. So I understand the move, especially because Sam Huff's ceiling looks a lot like Mitch, Mitch Garver. And There's no doubt, yeah. Yeah, and so you, you want to see what you got there. And uh, But, man, it's still Mitch Garver, two years, $24 million, heading over. Um, Division well, rival. Yeah, Seattle, yeah, head, well, yeah, heading over to Seattle. And Seattle, I think this is a great move for Seattle, given all the, the moves they've made. This is a heck of a move for them. Well, yeah, I, I think that they needed a uh, they needed a bat lower in their lineup, um, especially getting rid of uh, uh, Suarez, Suarez, Hernandez. Um, probably not re-signing to Oscar Hernandez, so they were they were sitting in a spot where they weren't they didn't have a ton of bats, and they they're going to need somebody to protect Julio and uh, you know that and Cal Raleigh and some of the guys that they've got there that are young guys that are that are starting to perform. Uh, you know, because they've got what JP Crawford and Julio Rodriguez and uh, Cal Raleigh, and there, there's others that I'm, uh, you know, the France maybe, could, yeah, JP France. Uh, so they've got some pieces there that they're going to need some protection for. And, uh, you know, Mitch Garver, he did that well for the Rangers uh, in the limited time that he played here um, because he was here two years, but I don't think he played a full season's worth the game in those two mm-hmm. years. But, uh, you know, that, that's the biggest thing we always had, the biggest concern we had with Mitch Garver last year when we talked about him was health. I mean, we had his over-under on 60 games. I mean, that's like – that's ridiculous that you would think that a guy that, that you know, that basically DHs may only play 60 games. Now, he over he, – he hit the over on that, but he still didn't play mm-hmm. 100 games last year for the Rangers – and the year before that, I only believe he played about 55. So, uh, you know, that's the biggest concern with Mitch Garver is going to be health. And, you know, like everybody's so worried about Garver getting hurt behind the plate or whatever. But last year, his his two months that he missed came on uh, the base pass. You know, he got hurt running the bases. So yeah. uh, it, it can happen no matter what. And I, we love Mitch Garver here. Uh, we're going to miss Mitch Garver just for the fact that he was so cool to us at spring training or cool to me at spring training this year and and uh, spent mm-hmm. some time talking with us. So, you know, I mean, I wish him nothing but success. I hope that he has a full season up in Seattle and that he can kind of dispel those uh, 
uh, rumors that he can't play a full season and he's going to get a chance to hit every day up there. And, you know, I would doubt that uh, if I remember correctly, the the, uh, the Mariners brought in a guy to take those reps at backup catcher um, from Arizona in the Suarez deal. So I would be – I would tend to doubt that Garver catches any. Mm-hmm. Seattle, I mean, maybe as an emergency guy or if one of those guys gets hurt and they need a spell day. But I would be shocked unless Cal Raleigh gets hurt that Mitch Garver, if he catches it all in, in Seattle. Right. And if he comes back to Texas, I, I think that's that's also the best role for him. And I will tell you this, and I don't even think this is a hot take. It's like a, a lukewarm take. But Mitch Garver, if he plays like 100 and I know this is a wild thing to think about, but if he plays 150 games and stays healthy, he's going to hit 40 home runs. He could, yeah. No, there's no – I mean, Man, it, he's, he's totally shown that he's got that capability. Well, yeah, yeah, well, and again, I mean, we, we could say that, but there's also the dog days and everything that comes along with, with seasons. Mm-hmm. You know, again, we've only seen short bursts of Mitch Garver, so we're not 100% sure what those capabilities could end up being. But, yeah, he's the type of guy that, I mean, probably even 50 if he plays 150 games. Right. I mean, he's got unbelievable uh, he puts power. Up those kind of puts up those kind of numbers, and we're, we're going to miss having Garver around here. It was definitely worth the, the risk of sending him over after they had signed Seager and – uh, Simeon to to send IKF that way to get him here, and it was it was a smart move, and it paid off. I mean, the Rangers won a World Series with him. Okay, perfect. Um, well, you know what? Let's jump into what's going on. We just put it on our calendar yesterday, January twenty sixth, the day before Marie Johnson, my mother's birthday. She is a saint. Um, Matt War Pro comes back to the Southside Preservation Hall. Yeah, just one day before the great Marie Johnson's birthday, we uh, yes. we're gonna we're gonna gather at the Southside Preservation Hall for Brawl at the Hall too. It's gonna be a big time. Uh, all the all of the stars of Matt War Pro will be out and about that night, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you know that uh, Kelly's Onion Burgers, Big Dogs Hot Dogs, Starry's Ice Cream are all gonna be in the building. Can't wait to have a little bit of all of those. Um, especially if uh, the rumor is true that I may not be on the card this time. Mm, what? Uh, the, I mean, it's it's not good for Matt War Pro. It's not good for me, but you know, some so it must be good for someone if it's happening. But mm. but I digress. That's just more ice cream for me to eat that night. Mm. But we want to see you out brawl at the hall too, January twenty sixth. It's gonna be. A, a big time brick and demo. My two boys are going to fight each other. I'm not. I'm not excited about it, but I'm also kind of excited about it. So there's that. But uh, it's going to be a big time. I saw that they had the. Um, they're starting to put the card out, and there's going to be some big time matches there. And you should join us at uh, the Southside Preservation Hall, January 26th, for Brawl at the Hall too. Heck yeah! And I'm looking forward to some Starry's ice cream. Um, but you know what else I'm looking forward to doing is talking about the Rangers. They're making a few uh, what I would call strategic moves. They made a lot of these moves last year, but I think this year the quality uh, seems to be a little bit higher, I think, this year than last year. I feel like the guys they were 
they were really going bargain basement last year. This time I think you're getting some guys with some great upside uh, that the Rangers are kind of looking with these minor league deals. Yeah, well, this is just uh, the first guy that we're going to talk about, Diego Castillo. Diego Castillo has been a good relief pitcher, a good hand out of that bullpen uh, for a couple of different teams over the course of the last uh, uh, handful of seasons and uh, most recently with the Seattle Mariners. But last year he struggled. He couldn't get uh, he couldn't get outs when they needed him to. Ended up uh, in Tacoma most of the year. Couldn't even get outs in Tacoma. And, uh, you know, ended up, uh, I, I, I believe he got released or outrighted by the uh, Mariner. Mm-hmm. Didn't even get a, um, didn't even have anybody take a flyer on him. But now here, with the opportunity to bring him in on a minor league deal, the Rangers are taking advantage of that. And we know, we know this uh, for as long as we've been doing the show that, that uh, bullpen, it's year to year. Guys have good years, bad years out of the bullpen. There's a lot of guys that have had uh, reclamation seasons over and over and over again in the bullpen. The Rangers are kind of looking to hope that uh, Diego Castillo uh, does that this year. Um, Because if you look at his numbers, I mean, he's been a closer at times in the past. He's closed out a lot of ball games uh, for for the Mariners in Tampa Bay. And, uh, you know, when – a true setup guy, but with the you know good good enough stuff to close games, and it's just going to be a matter of you know can he do that? You know, like I mean, he's definitely got the Kevin Frazier build at six three two sixty eight. Oh, and you know that's you my know, kind of guy. Yeah, you know, you're like he's your uh, who was the guy like Moranta or whatever last year. That, yeah, that yeah, Moranta. Moranta, yeah. <laughs> Rowdy Tellus. <laughs> Although Reyes, he was more like five nine. I mean, I, I was walking <coughs> training last year, and he seemed like a, a small man compared to me. But that's uh, neither here nor there. No, you don't get the nickname three hundred pound manimal by being a small person. So no, um, no. Diego Castilla. I mean, over the course of his career, I mean, he's a three twelve ERA guy, and then on top of that, it's like a three sixty fifth. So it's not like it's luck that he was getting guys out. Um, but last year, you know, 623 in eight games, 513 in, in 43 games in AAA. So it just wasn't very good for him last year. Um, but he's only 30 years old. He's a sinker slider guy. And, you know, I mean, if he can put it together, he's he's always had good uh, K numbers and, and his walk numbers have never been bad. So, uh you know, as long as he like reverses it back to stop walking so many people and and mm-hmm. putting guys on like he did last year, the guy could really be a, a piece for this team. And you know, I mean, we like to put a bow on it here, but you know, this is a guy that's not too far off from being a really reliable bullpen hand for the Mariners in a in a season where they went to the playoffs. Right, and and I I like him a lot. I mean, I liken him a lot to the other signing that we got. Um... Kirby, right? Kirby Yates, yeah, another Kirby guy. Yates. I, I like him a, a lot well, to and him. Reason, like, and the reason that Kirby Yates got a major league deal, and the reason why Diego Castillo got a minor league deal, is because one more year has passed since Kirby Yates had his last bad year and his Tommy John mm-hmm. surgery, and Diego Castillo comes in on a minor league deal, has a good season, and next year he's right back on a major league deal. One hundred percent, and it adds. 
it adds depth, but it also adds kind of like that strikeout element that the Rangers just did not have available uh, last year that I think that, that they're, they're positioning themselves to make sure that they have that available coming out of the bullpen. But I think what you'd mentioned earlier too, you know, not walking guys is also uh, just as important. So a couple of other uh, players, the Rangers picked up and this is actually news to me. So I'm going to turn it over to you. Uh, the first guy we're going to talk about is another reliever. His name is uh, Reed Burlingmare. And mm. he uh, he was with the Rangers last year, I believe. I mean, uh, he's, a, he's a kind of a smallish right-hander. He was a 28th-round pick of the Oakland A's in uh, 2022. Or, I mean, in 2022, the A's released him. He pitched for Indy Ball for a couple of years. Last year, he spent time, like I said, with Hickory and Frisco. Um, I imagine he's just being brought back for depth, and he should be probably in the Frisco bullpen this year, if I had to guess. And then they also uh, took a flyer on a, a center fielder named Michael Reed. Um, he's, um, you know, nothing special about him. Uh probably a guy that at some point you know he's a he's a switch hitting outfielder uh the rangers originally selected him in the 2013 draft um that was aj preller's last draft um the the general manager of the san diego padres and then the padres took him in the second round after uh four years or three years at the university of florida um and it just never he never started he never hit you know, I mean, he he ended up uh, being sent to the A's um, in the Jerks and Profar deal. The A's released him. Uh, the Dodgers released him. The Brewers released him. And I mean, if I had to guess, I would say that he's a guy that <sighs> probably being brought here for outfield depth at the AAA level. Mm. I can't well, think and the of, guy I he's mean, getting especially a, he's, with the idea that that both Wyatt Langford, Evan Carter, or all three JP Martinez could JP all JP Martinez. Yeah, if all three of those guys are going to break with the big club, you know that leaves you with Dustin Harris as your outfielder in the in the Triple A level. So, got to have some depth there. Michael Reed, he's going to play good outfield. He's just not going to hit. And who knows, he may come around and hit and uh, end up being a, a guy that the Rangers can count on uh, uh, Jankowski style. Who knows? You know, Jankowski yeah, who knows? hit before last year either. Right, right. So what you're saying is the Rangers got to read. They got to read, yeah. The, a very <laughs> a, a very Michael Urban read, yes. They actually got two reads, actually. If you want to be really, really, really Whoa. clear about this, they got two reads. They got read. Whoa. Burling Mayer, and they got Michael Reed. So it was, oh. a, it was a Reed, Reed have, a Reed intensive day for the Texas Rangers <laughs> yesterday. This Diego got a read. Reed in, Diego doesn't mean Reed in Spanish, does it? Like it, it, it doesn't. But man, it, it we could pretend like it does just for the sake for the sake of it. For the, for the uh, sake of this coincidental. <laughs> yeah, just just for a little context. A few years back, we we replayed a Michael Irvin soundbite. Uh, probably a thousand times in a matter of a couple of weeks and laughed uh, ridiculously because he talked about a, uh, a receiver. It was when he had the TV. It was when he had the TV show where they like tried to get a wide receiver to be a cowboy. And then, you know, Michael <laughs> Irvin was such a fan of that kid that came off of that TV show. 
he would make up any excuse on the on the on the TV to make him sound like he was doing something better. And like this is a guy that like dropped a pass or something like that. And then it was Michael Irvin's like, but he had a read. He had a read. You know, so yeah, like I mean, God bless Michael Irvin. We love him. We all love him here in Dallas. I mean, I'm not even a Cowboys fan, but I love Michael Irvin. Anybody that can get you to get somebody that's carjacking him to drop his gun and pray with him, uh, he he's definitely uh, a very a very influential individual. So, hey, before we get into our well, we know we got right field. We got yeah, right field. It all starts here. Plays right field. Real quick. It's, again, <laughs> it's again, it's going to be real easy. Like uh, like uh, second base and shortstop were. But, uh, you know, right field, starting-wise, you got Adolis Garcia, of course. Um, right. And then we've kind of talked about it behind that. I mean, I would say J.P. Martinez is probably as close as uh, uh, you're getting from a guy that's uh, in the minor leagues. Uh, you know, I like the uh, also like the idea of if you need someone to move someone to right field because you've got J.P. Martinez and because you've got uh, Evan Carter. I, I like Tavares in right field if you need it because he's got the arm, the big arm, the big arm. Yeah. I, I would say, um, I, I would, I would kind of, you know, I don't know about that just because of the fact that Tavares is also your best defensive center fielder. It's sure. such a weird, you know, I mean, he's such a weird dynamic. He's got a huge arm. He's, he plays a good center field. It's, it's shocking to me how many people don't like him around here. Um, yeah. And and a lot of that I think is the 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 reemerge or the emergent emergence of uh, um, Evan Carter. Uh, and again, I mean, not to, there's nothing not to like about Evan Carter. We've talked about it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. But there's also a lot to like about Leody Tavares. And uh, you know, and that's another thing that you can like about Leody Tavares is that he has a big enough arm to play right field in the in the situation where you're looking at. Garcia being down on a long-term basis, uh, this if you're looking like let's not look like say that like I don't want to bring that into, um, mm-hmm. but if you're looking at him being down for a long-term basis, you know I could mm-hmm. see that being the alignment where you send Tavares to right field and and get Carter and 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 Langford and center and left, but we'll mm-hmm. we'll we'll cross that bridge if we have to. I'm not looking to cross that bridge. I'd like no. to I'd like to keep Adolis Garcia out there in right field for at least these next two years while he's on these uh, uh, on these club controlled deals. Um, so you know I'm not a uh, I'm not in any hurry to get rid of him. I'm also Mm-mm. not in any hurry to to, to get rid of him uh, once his arb years are up. I don't know exactly what he's going to be in two years, but if he puts together a couple of years of forty home runs and a hundred RBIs, and you continue to watch his chase rate go down and his walk percentage go up. I mean, that's a that's a guy that you could pay. Yeah, no, that that's and that's a that's a that's a guy you can also protect by, you know, getting spelling him at uh, DH while you've got these other uh, dynamic young outfielders uh, on the team as well. I I I really like the idea, uh, and, and I'm with you. I think the only way Tavares move he doesn't move to right field to spell Garcia on a day off. That's going to be Martinez uh, or whoever they're using to back up. Uh, as the backup fourth outfielder. But yeah. if he does go down for, say, 
extended period. Yeah. Then you're probably looking at, at making that adjustment. But no, I, I like the Rangers outfield period because I like that you have you kind of have a log jam. I think that's a good thing. I think it's great that you have guys that you want to see get at bats because it makes everybody play more competitively. It makes everybody kind of have to look over their shoulder a little bit um, well, because and, it. And most of the time, those log jams work themselves out. You don't have to go send guys away for it to work no. itself out. A couple of years ago, remember, they sent Nomar oh, Mazzaro no. away mm. for Willie Calhoun, and then Willie Calhoun, you know, doesn't ever do anything. Not one thing. Willie Calhoun didn't do one thing as a Texas yeah. Ranger. You know, you like, ship I mean, off a 270. Really, not that two seventy did either. Well, you ship off a guy that was consistently getting hitting 260, 20 home runs, 90, you know, 85, 90 runs batted in. Didn't see like seem like there was any problem with him being consistent if he stays in that role. And that goes back to my thing about Tavares is like, look, you don't have to have the best player in the league at every position. You don't have to have an all-star. In fact, it's beneficial to not have that because it it helps you with payroll. It helps you with continuity. Uh, You know, it just, I I just, I'm just a fan of like, Hey, like if you've got a good player and they're above, above the average major leaguer, you know, don't mess with it. Like, unless you got a situation like where you got a Wyatt Langford or, and even those guys need to play their way in, you know, because they've got to force the issue before you're interested in getting rid of these guys. That's why I'm not in any hurry to just Mm -mm. unload Ezekiel Duran. I'm not in any hurry to unload Leody Tavares. These are good young players that are, you know, they're going to be valuable to the squad at some point in 2024 for sure. And well, they've shown they can play in the major leagues. And again, we've talked about it. The only thing that I'm willing to unload some of these guys for would be a top of the rotation starting pitcher. Period. That's it. That's That's it. it. Well, a lot of that is because the Rangers right now don't have a lot of major league ready top of the rotation type guys. Uh, But we did talk about the ones that they do have. Uh, on our exclusive content down on the farm with the boys where we just dropped this week our top Merry Christmas by the way our top 20 prospect list unveiling our new number one prospect in the Rangers organization that top 10 was a blast uh, just getting to see where it all shook out seeing some of the new faces on that top 20 and what they had to do to get there and the prospects that these prospects um, have right now for this team and, and what they can contribute. I think, you know, if you need some optimism, given the free agency situation this year, I would go and listen to our exclusive content down the farm with the boys to recover all things Rangers minor league. You will get some optimism when you realize how many major league ready minor leaguers they have, that this is the year that they could possibly crack their way into that major league roster or onto that onto the major league roster and find their way onto the field, whether it be via bullpen spot starts uh, backup, you know, position players at in the infield or even in the outfield. So go to our website, Texas Rangers with the boys.com. All one word and check it out. It's only a dollar 99 a month. You could also go to Spotify and you can subscribe there. Couple bucks post Christmas. I know it's still Christmas week. Maybe you forgot that gift to give to, you know, your work, your coworker, or you got somebody that you maybe you forgot about, or you didn't get the gift that you wanted. Here's a great way 
to make up for that, pop in there, hit that subscribe button, make us your one-stop shop for all things Rangers organization-wide. Yeah, all uh, right. You know, mom and dad threw you through you a hundred piece. Go put Ooh. some of that towards a full year subscription of Texas Rangers with the boys sub sub uh, program down on the farm with the boys. Yeah, twenty uh, $24 is well worth it. You couldn't spend a better $24 uh, in 2024. So that was pretty good, actually. No, couldn't spend uh, a better $24 in 2024. So um, let's get to this last moment here and uh, call it a day. So our moment number three, and, you know, we had to go back and forth on this one because these top three moments were all so big for the Rangers. Yeah. So important. And, and, you know, a lot of the reason this one is, is where it's at is because of what happened later in the game. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, uh, and on top of that, uh, we did a Dallas Garcia yesterday as well. Mm-hmm. So today we're gonna we're gonna talk about the Corey Seager two-run home run in the bottom half of the ninth inning to get the Rangers a game one win. Right, right. I mean, you couldn't talk more like if there were there were there were two there were there are four players I think two starting pitchers and two position players that truly were the standouts throughout this playoff run. The starting pitchers we've talked about in Nathan Eovaldi and Jordan Montgomery. Uh, and now we're finally, you know, getting to the – we're talking about now the two position players. Uh, the Rangers don't get out of that ALCS without Adolis Garcia. But the World Series MVP was Corey Seager. And it was moments like this that caused that – I mean, it just seemed like Seager could have his own list of moments – um, yeah, we could for the season can, or for the want, or just for the playoffs. Yeah, and if you want, we can do the top ten moments of Corey Seager next on the <laughs> because we, we could we could so do that. Them, and there were so many great moments for Corey Seager, but none was bigger than than the home run that he hit off of uh, Paul Seawald in the ninth inning of Game One. Let's uh, let's take you back to real quick though. Huge moment in that game was uh, Leody Tavares taking that walk in front mm-hmm. of him. You mm-hmm. know, I Seawald, mean, Seawald had Seawald been unhittable. Got a bonus strike in that, uh, in mm-hmm. that, and he had been that. unhittable all uh, yeah, playoffs no, up to that unhittable, point. Unhittable, the whole the whole way through, he had been as good as you could ask. And uh, um, that ninth inning, just something about. You could feel it like you did. It didn't feel like the Rangers were done. Like, I just mm-hmm. never felt like the Rangers were out of this thing. I know it was what, five to three or whatever the case may be, but I just never felt like they were out of it. And, you know, all I'd heard about how all oh, how great Seawald was and how he'd been hiding, you know, like his pitches, it, it, people couldn't tell what they were. And, you know, Ginkle had just pitched really, really well for him in the bottom half of that eighth inning so it was kind of mm-hmm. you know they're they're it's all shaping up for the uh, diamondbacks to do exactly what the diamondbacks do um but but man i mean he missed he missed every pitch to Tavares. he threw him five pitches and not one pitch was close to the strike zone um 
and it, and it was like kind of like that. Okay, this is that's huge. You know, Tavares getting on base is, is a big thing. That's now now the tying run is at the plate. Let's see what happens. Um, Simeon went chasing, and now uh, Simeon had a you know not a not a great playoff, but he, he was patient enough to where it started coming together for him late in the World Series. But man, I mean, like I'll never forget like. Man, when you were seeing that pitch, seeing the ball that Seeger hit, seeing the emotion that Corey Seeger had on his face after he hit that home run, it was just, I mean, everything you could could have hoped for. I don't know how else to explain it, you know? Like, I mean, it was just, it was just, I just don't know how else to say, you know, it was just awesome. It was everything you could have asked for. Well, and, and Seeger's not a guy that shows a lot of emotion anyway. So for him to show any emotion lets you know that it's a it's a huge deal. And man, I don't know how many times this year, like like Seeger when when he swings it, I mean his bat speed, and again, I'm sure there's metrics and whatever, but the eyeball test is is kind of what I go by because I'm a fan and I'm not like getting into all that stuff. But the eyeball test with Seeger, man, his bat gets through the zone so fast. And there'll be so many times throughout the year where I thought where he'd hit a home run. And in my mind, I'm like, how did he even hit that ball? Um, or it's almost like he has this sixth sense about when a pitcher is going to throw him a breaking ball. Because I don't know, man, sometimes they throw him a breaking ball. And I'm like, he knew. Like, it's like he knew they were going to throw him that. And he was just sitting there ready for it and just, just, just yeah, jacks just him out of the fools. park, man. Being, being a really good hitter, Corey Seager is a guy that, I mean, he – I don't think he sits on pitches. I think he just sits Probably on everything. Not. Yeah, I mean, I think he just sits fastball until they throw him something that proves him different. And uh, you and, and we watched it all season. We've seen it for two seasons now. Corey Seager is not going to go up there and work you a ten pitch at bat. No, he's up there. He's to not hit. interested in 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 seeing a ton of pitches. He's interested in seeing the pitch that he wants to see. Yep, and and don't forget, Corey Seager set the major league record for walks in a game. So it's not that he's not a patient hitter, but I think there was a stat at one point in the year, and I, and I don't know if he finished the year here, but there was a point at one there was one point where he was only swinging, like only swinging at strikes. Like it was a crazy stat. It was like eighty percent of the pitches at the time that he had swung at were strikes. Yeah, like, he was. Uh, that was like <laughs> right after he had come back from the first injury, and mm-hmm. man, I mean, he was just. This was, if you'd have got 160 games from Corey Seager this year, I do believe that he may have won the MVP. Because I think his you're numbers right. would have been close enough to to justify it with Otani being on a bad team and Otani, well, miss, you know, missing time as well. Well, let's just be honest though. The numbers were fine. Because he set the the record, I, I want to say, didn't he set like a home run record? Most uh, uh, most home runs by a left-handed shortstop. There you go. So he set an MLB record for the second consecutive year. It, it, yeah, he set he he set a record. Like, but it's the games missed that I think that that really boils down to it. If he plays 145 games this year, um, however the stats shake out, especially if the slashes are still the same, uh, I don't think there's a doubt in anybody's mind. Um, that he probably wins that MVP. I, I really think it was only the time missed that hurt him in that 
but you know, also I'm, this is a very touchy, sensitive, passionate subject for me. So I'm going to go ahead and, and stop talking about it because uh, uh, it could go on and on. No, and we, you know, <laughs> what could be the biggest home run in the Texas Rangers history of their of their franchise only made number three on this yeah. year's top 15 <laughs> moments. Of the That's insane. Like, we've talked about all these great moments. And, I mean, number one, it's going to be anticlimactic, but at the same time, it's going to be the biggest moment in the history of the franchise. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, hey, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. It's been a blast, as usual. Don't forget to check us out on social media, TXRangersWTV. Don't forget to check out our website, TexasRangersWithTheBoys.com. All one word. And that's where you can check out our exclusive content down on the farm with the boys. We recover all things Rangers minor league. Thank you again for subscribing on your favorite podcasting platform for the 300 pound animal. This is your boy, Kev. We are Texas Rangers with the boys signing out.